Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 19 of the Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. All right, episode 19, here we go. If you're listening to this episode today, it is Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas to you. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If you've been following along, you'll notice the last three episodes or so, we've been focusing on the topic of fat loss. Episode 16 was on how to burn stubborn belly fat. Episode 17, I was giving you my top 10 tips for going through the holiday season and going through those holiday parties without adding too much body fat to your body. And the last episode, episode 18, We were covering the best fat loss supplements, in my opinion, for your health and also for effectiveness. So today our topic is going to be on intermittent fasting in terms of health benefits, but also using intermittent fasting as a tool for fat loss and whether or not it makes sense for you and your goals. So traditionally speaking, you think of eating a well-rounded diet throughout the day, and typically that means eating three meals, at least traditionally speaking, with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And oftentimes growing up, we hear that breakfast is the meal that starts the day off. It is the one that breaks your fast, a.k.a. breakfast. And just growing up, we hear that it's so important to eat that first meal and that skipping that first meal can oftentimes be detrimental to your health. And when you think traditionally of fasting, you often think of more for religious or cultural reasons. You know, during the season of Lent for Christians and Catholics, oftentimes you're giving up meat on certain days. Or during the season of Ramadan for Muslims, which is the ninth month of the Islamic calendar, oftentimes they're drinking no water and eating no food during daylight hours. And oftentimes also certain cultures will fast for parts of the year just for traditional reasons. So there's always been that symbolic cause for fasting, but oftentimes you don't really think about fasting as doing it for your general health. But these days, I'm sure you've all heard of intermittent fasting, and it's been very popular over the last few years. And even in the celebrity circles, you hear of people like Hugh Jackman, Terry Crews, Jennifer Aniston, Chris Pratt, Halle Berry. I mean, there's there's no end to the amount of celebrities and people that you hear about and read about that are incorporating intermittent fasting into their daily routines now. Now, there's different ways to do intermittent fasting. I would say the most popular way of doing fasting is following the 16-8 method, where you go 16 hours a day without eating any food, and then you have an eating window of 8 hours. There's also the 18-6, which is a little bit more extreme. You're going 18 hours a day without eating, followed by a 6-hour eating window. And even more extreme than that is the 24 where you're going 20 hours without eating anything, and four hours is your eating window. There's also the circadian rhythm method of fasting, where you don't eat from sunset to sunrise. So you're following more the the body's natural 
eating schedule based on evolutionary purposes. Back in the day, we probably weren't eating in the middle of the night. For the most part, when there is daylight, you were eating, you were hunting, you were gathering, you were resting. And at nighttime, you were just recovering from your daily activities. Then there's the 36-hour fast, which is also known as the monk fast. And that is literally 36 hours of no food intake. And that doesn't happen every day. That's more like a, a once a week type thing. But again, 36 hour fast, the monk fast. And then there's the five two fast where you basically go five days eating a normal eating routine. And then there's two days of the week, normally on non-consecutive days, where you eat very small amounts of food, typically around 500 calories for females, 600 calories for males. So again, that's the five two fast. So again, five days eating normally, two days eating very low calories. And in general, you hear celebrities always talking about this intermittent fasting. And some of them will go down to even saying that they're doing a 12-hour fast each day. And again, a 12-hour fast each day sounds pretty impressive, pretty hardcore to the casual bystander. But think about this. When you're sleeping, you're not eating. So you're technically fasting while you sleep. So if you eat until 8 p.m., which is a typical dinner time, then you go to sleep and you wake up and you maybe break your fast around 8 a.m. for breakfast. That is technically a 12-hour fast. You stopped eating at 8 p.m. You started eating again at 8 a.m. But that's uh, actually a pretty typical routine, eating routine for most people. So a 12-hour fast may sound intense initially, but it's actually not that extreme and it's actually not that hard to accomplish. Once you're fasting for 14 consecutive hours each day, that's kind of my threshold for really going into the intermittent fasting world. If you're just doing a 12-hour fast, I mean, that's that's almost like a typical eating schedule already. And it's really the 14-hour fast and beyond where you start really seeing some of the benefits that are associated with intermittent fasting. So what are some of these benefits? Well, the main one, one of the most important ones is when you're not eating, when you go long periods without eating and consuming foods, your body has the ability to do what's called autophagy. Autophagy is where your body is breaking down damaged cells that are in your body. And typically, again, if you have this constant influx of calories always coming in, your body never has the, the chance to break down these damaged cells for fuel, for energy, because you're constantly giving it food. You're constantly giving it energy. But when you go these long periods, these long windows of time without eating food, then your body is forced to use existing resources in its body to provide energy. And this oftentimes comes in the form of damaged, broken cells that your body is able to break down for fuel, for energy. Now, the benefit of breaking down these damaged and broken cells is that these cells, when allowed to survive for long periods of time, are oftentimes duplicating and replicating itself. And again, because they're damaged and because they're replicating, these are oftentimes the cells that turn into cancer cells. So by giving your body the ability to rest, to not eat during long periods of time, your body is actually breaking down these cells that oftentimes lead to cancer. So it's very, very beneficial for your health. Another benefit is when you go long periods without eating, there's a lot of growth proteins that will actually decrease. And again, a lot of these growth proteins, when in excess, oftentimes lead to cancer and diabetes. So you want to keep some of these growth proteins in check. Again, it sounds kind of counterintuitive. You think a growth protein sounds good. Oftentimes you think of protein as being beneficial. You think of growing growth being beneficial. 
But if these growth proteins are unchecked, they can also lead to tumor growth, cancers, and other diseases. So you want to keep your growth proteins in check, and fasting is a great way to do that. Also, there's a huge benefit to your blood sugar level control. And over time, they've showed if you do a fasting regimen throughout the week, it's actually a great way to control your blood sugar level and actually decrease your risk of diabetes. Another big benefit of fasting is you're actually lowering the inflammation in your body. A lot of the foods that you're eating, especially the higher carbohydrate foods, promote inflammation in the body. And inflammation is a part of your immune response, and it is healthy in certain scenarios. But oftentimes, the typical human body is eating a lot of junk food and a lot of processed foods, and inflammation is out of control. And when inflammation is high at all times, it's actually causing your body to age faster. So by doing fasting, by incorporating intermittent fasting throughout the week, you're actually doing your body a great service by lowering the overall inflammation and inflammatory markers in your body. Another big benefit they've shown through intermittent fasting is it actually lowers your blood pressure, lowers your triglycerides and your cholesterol levels over time. And again, this is great. The blood pressure is a huge indicator of health. And the lower your blood pressure, the less stress that you're putting on your heart and your artery walls, which allows you to get kind of more years out of your heart, which is very, very important. And of course, just lowering your triglyceride levels, Lowering your bad cholesterol levels are always a benefit to your long-term health. They've also shown that fasting, at least in animal studies, is a great way to potentially boost brain function and health, lowering your risk of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Now, these are granted in animal studies at the moment, but still, the, the results cannot be ignored, and the potential boost to your brain function is very appealing to a lot of people. And also a huge benefit is as your insulin levels fall, so as you're going long periods of time without eating carbohydrates, protein and carbohydrates, your insulin levels are falling. And as insulin levels go down, your growth hormones go up. Now, these are different from what we were talking about earlier. The growth proteins are separate. Those are different from a growth hormone. Growth hormone in your body is released, and it's a way to heal your body. So as growth hormone increases, your body is actually able to heal. It's healing its connective tissues. It's healing your muscles, healing your tendons, and overall repairing your body. So again, if you're constantly eating, always eating, your insulin levels are going to be higher throughout the day, and your growth hormone will be lower. So by incorporating fasting, you can get much more growth hormone released naturally from your body, and you're going to allow your body to heal naturally. Also, in animal studies, they've seen very significant longevity improvements by incorporating fasting. Now, this is, of course, most people uh, are enjoying their lives. They don't want to die anytime soon. So any kind of boost to your longevity is very, very attractive. And intermittent fasting, at least in animal studies, have shown to be very beneficial to longevity. And last but not least, but also very important, they've shown a decrease in risk of cancer. And also they've shown in certain scenarios that going on an intermittent fasting regimen can be as effective as chemotherapy to fight the growth of cancer cells and tumors that are growing in your body. I mean, normally when you have cancer, you think of chemotherapy as being a necessary evil to fight cancer. And it's, and it's oftentimes very, very difficult on the body. I mean, you're going through this chemotherapy, this radiation treatment, and the whole goal is to kill off cancer cells without allowing you to kill yourself as well because chemotherapy is damaging 
Yes, it's doing damage and killing the bad tumor cells and cancer cells, but it's also damaging the good cells in your body. So chemotherapy is always seen as almost like a fight for survival, where you're trying to kill off the cancer without killing yourself. And the fact that you can just do an intermittent fasting type regimen and have some of the main benefits, if not equal benefits to chemotherapy is huge. The potential there is very, very attractive for a lot of people. And oftentimes, cancer treatment is not just one or the other. They've also shown through studies that you can use chemotherapy in conjunction with intermittent fasting, and you see much greater benefit. And in many cases, you can do a lower dose of chemotherapy, which is always beneficial for your health. So those are a lot of the benefits associated with intermittent fasting, at least in animal studies and human studies that they've done so far. So what are some of the risks? I mean, so far it sounds like everyone, everyone and their grandmother should be doing intermittent fasting. So what are some of the risks? Are there people that shouldn't be doing intermittent fasting? So let's talk about that now. If you are at risk of eating disorders, intermittent fasting can definitely cause those to get worse. I mean, you're essentially doing what we grew up knowing that we shouldn't do, right? You're going long periods of time without eating, kind of quote unquote starving yourself, and then eating a lot of food in a smaller window. So again, if you have some kind of eating disorder or you don't have a healthy relationship with food, this can definitely make the situation much, much worse because this is essentially a form of almost yo-yo dieting where you're going, again, you're going through long periods of starving yourself, quote-unquote starving, and then you're almost binging. It's almost like a forced form of binging. So if you're not able to control yourself, if you're not able to make smart decisions when you're hungry, This is definitely a red flag that maybe intermittent fasting is not for you because it takes intense willpower just to eat healthy on a normal basis. But now you add on on top of that that you're going to be hungry. You're going to be almost, I don't want to say starving because that's a very, I feel like most people have never experienced starving. So it's a very strong word. But just the fact that you're going to be very, very hungry when you're ending your fast. When your fasting window ends, you will typically be very hungry. And if you normally have a hard time eating healthy just on a normal basis, add on top of the fact that you're going to be very hungry while you're making these decisions. And there's a good chance that you're going to be eating not the healthiest food choices because you're just so, you're so famished. You feel so hungry. You feel so depleted. If you have kind of eating disorders, probably not a good sign to do intermittent fasting. If you already have a hard time eating healthy, uh, then intermittent fasting may not be for you as well because it may be harder for you to make those smart food decisions. Also, if you are a hard gainer, say that you're typically underweight, you are underweight for your body, for your body height, and you're very, very skinny, and you're trying to add more muscle mass, trying to add more muscle size, just to be healthier for your overall health, then again, intermittent fasting may not be for you. I would consider myself to be more on the hard gainer side of the spectrum. Uh, If you look at body types, they always categorize body types by three body types, The skinniest version is ectomorph, the middle version is mesomorph, and then the heavier version is endomorph. So with an ectomorph, you're typically very skinny. It's very, very easy for you to lose body fat and get very lean. Uh, You have a very fast metabolism. And then when you're trying to build muscle, it's very, very hard for you to build muscle. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's the endomorph. Endomorphs gain muscle very, very easily, but they also gain body fat pretty easily. So It's very easy for them to put on size, but when it comes down to getting very, very lean, it's typically much harder for them to lose body fat because they have a a hereditarily slower metabolism. And then in the middle, there's the mesomorphs. The mesomorphs are 
kind of the best of both worlds, where it's pretty easy for them to gain muscle mass, and it's also pretty easy for them to lose body fat. So based on my genetics, I am more of a ecto slash mesomorph. I'm more on the harder gaining side of things. So when I was growing up, I was very, very skinny, very skinny. And it was hard for me to gain muscle mass. I was able to gain some, but my metabolism was so fast, I literally needed to almost force feed myself for many, many years to gain the amount of muscle mass that I currently have. And if I ever were to stop eating a lot of food and stop working out consistently, I would go back down to my much skinnier self, my natural body type. So if you're a hard gainer, if you're already underweight and you're trying to gain weight, intermittent fasting may make it much harder for you because, you're again, you're going these long periods of time without eating. And during those long periods of time, you're not going to be gaining weight. You're not going to be gaining muscle. You're going to be losing weight, losing muscle potentially. For the longest time when I was doing bodybuilding, when I was bulking up, in college I gained 60, almost 70 pounds of mass. And pretty much throughout the entire day, some days I would be eating 8, 9, even 10 meals a day. And there was a span during my bodybuilding competition years when I went about four and a half years where I would wake up in the middle of the night just to drink a protein shake. And I missed almost no of my nights. I was pretty... I was pretty religious with that wake-up routine where I would just wake up, kind of stumble into the kitchen, drink a protein shake, rinse my teeth with water, and go back to sleep. Again, there's about a span of four and a half years when I almost never missed a night. But the point is, I needed those extra calories. I needed over 5,000 calories just to maintain my weight back then because, again, I was naturally a hard gainer and I was working out very hard. So in my case, if I were to go, you know, 12, 14, 16 or even longer hours a day without eating, it would have been almost impossible for me to gain weight because it's just so hard to eat five, 6,000 calories a day in such a small eating window. Again, the goal is not to be eating you know, three or four pizzas a day. Even though those calories are more dense, more compact, that's not going to be healthy for you, right? So if you're trying to eat healthy, eating healthier foods and grains and vegetables and fruits and lean proteins to gain that muscle mass, which is better for your health, then again, eating all that food, five, 6,000 calories, which I needed in, in my situation, it would have been very, very difficult to gain weight. So if you're a hard gainer, intermittent fasting may not be for you. If you're a pregnant or a nursing mother, they've shown that intermittent fasting can lead to lower birth weights in your babies and also lead to a shorter overall structure. So if your baby is born, again, it may be lighter and also it may be shorter. You may be limiting your child's growth in the future by potentially being malnourished, being slightly malnourished by going these long periods of time without eating. When your baby needs those calories, it needs that nutrition constantly coming in to feed its growth. And they've even shown an increase in chance of a preterm labor, which is not ideal. And on top of that, because you're going long periods of time, if you were doing intermittent fasting, you're increasing your risk of having a hypoglycemic event where your blood sugar gets too low, dangerously low, and you may pass out and have other adverse health risks. So again, nursing mother, pregnant mothers, intermittent fasting, probably not for you. If you have diabetes, this is kind of a complicated one because they have shown that by doing intermittent fasting, you can improve and stabilize your blood sugar levels. But again, if you do have diabetes, you are also increasing your risk of a hypoglycemic event where your blood sugar gets dangerously low. So you want to be very, very careful if you have diabetes already and you try doing intermittent fasting. You want, you want to be very careful with that. 
Also, for the elderly, if you're already older, much older, and already are much weaker, and you already have the risk of fainting, adding intermittent fasting on top of that greatly, greatly increases that risk of fainting and dehydration in the elderly population. So probably not the best for that population as well. If you're very young for the youth, if you have a growing body, you need that constant influx of calories to help support growth as a growing body when you're younger. And even if you're like a young kid and, you know, there's kind of been an epidemic these days where even the, the youth, someone that's a teenager or younger, even toddlers, there, there's a generation of toddlers and young teenagers and young kids that are already overweight because of the bad eating habits that they have. But even in that situation, it's not ideal for them to go on an intermittent fasting protocol to help lose that weight. It's better for them to be in a, in a calorie deficit, but not using intermittent fasting because these long periods of time, 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day when you're not eating is just not ideal for a growing body. And lastly, if you're taking medications or drugs that require food, again, intermittent fasting may not be for you. If you're supposed to be taking your medication two or three times a day with food, you want to definitely make sure that you're eating it with food just so, again, you don't get an upset stomach and to help with the absorption, potentially, of those drugs and medications. So again, with intermittent fasting, it really depends on your goals. So you have to ask yourself, what is my goal? Is your goal to lose weight? Remember, if your goal is to lose weight, at the end of the day, you just need to be in an overall caloric deficit, period. That's all that matters. You could be following an intermittent fasting protocol, but if you're going to be in a calorie surplus during your intermittent fasting, because during your eating window, you eat so much food, you're still going to gain weight. It doesn't matter if you eat, you know, six, eight, 10 meals a day versus eating all your food within a, a four hour eating window. If you're still in a calorie surplus in that four hour eating window, you're still going to gain weight. So if your goal is to lose weight, the most important thing is just to be in a caloric deficit. So then you have to ask yourself, what works best for you, your personality, your discipline? Is it easier for you to stick to your, your caloric restrictions by eating small amounts of food spread throughout the day? Are you going to find yourself more hungry? Some people find themselves, if they're always snacking small amounts of food, it actually increases their hunger and makes them hungrier. So you have to keep that in mind. If you don't want to eat small amounts of food throughout the day, you could try intermittent fasting where you go, you know, you wake up in the morning, you stay busy, you avoid food, just stay hydrated, drink a lot of water, and maybe you don't break your fast until the early afternoon, and then you have like a six or eight hour eating window in the afternoon. If you find it easier to stick to whatever caloric restrictions that you have on yourself to lose weight, and you find that eating in a smaller eating window when you can eat more food in a smaller eating window, and that's easier for you to stick to your diet, then maybe that's a better choice for you. And also keep in mind, again, if your goal is to lose weight, adding workouts, adding very intense workouts, whether it's cardio, lifting weights, things that boost your metabolism, is in my opinion a much easier, easier way to lose weight because you're boosting your metabolism. And the more that you work out, the more that you burn during your workout, the more calories you're able to eat during the day while still losing weight. And also a benefit to working out, especially if you're using weights to work out, is you're going to be boosting your muscle tone and also speeding up your metabolism greatly to help boost fat loss as well. I've always been a fan of using workouts in conjunction with a nutrition plan to help create that caloric deficit so that, again, you're not losing shape to your body as you lose the weight 
and you're also helping boost your metabolism so that you can eat more and create a greater chance of success for your overall health goals. If your goal is to boost your energy, intermittent fasting can be very beneficial because, again, they've shown that it can help stabilize your blood sugar levels. And in the morning, if you choose to fast in the morning, this can lead to very, very productive mornings. I've tried this before, and I've had great success where I wake up, drink a bunch of water, and I just start working. I just jump on my computer or whatever I'm working on, and I just work for the first four to six hours nonstop, drinking water when I'm thirsty, but just staying busy. And I found myself to have incredibly productive mornings where you're not thinking about food. You don't have food in your stomach that's diverting energy and blood flow to the stomach and away from the brain. And I've had some amazing, amazingly productive mornings where I just don't eat. So again, if, you're, if your goal is to boost energy and boost productivity, adding intermittent fasting is a potentially beneficial way to achieve that goal. And then if your goal is increasing your longevity, again, intermittent fasting can prove to be very, very beneficial because you're naturally lowering your blood pressure, naturally lowering your inflammation in the body, lowering your bad cholesterol, and increasing autophagy in the body. Now, some tips if you are doing intermittent fasting. One app that I use when I do fasting is called the Zero app, Z-E-R-O. And this app is a very, very convenient way to track the, the amount of time that you're doing your fasting for. And this is beneficial, especially if you don't fast beginning at the same time and end at the same time every day. Of course, if you always fast until 2 p.m., then you don't really need the app. But if, you're, if your daily schedule changes and it changes when you normally start and end your fasting, the Zero app can be a very beneficial way to track your fast. And also another beneficial tip when you're fasting is just, again, to stay busy. Whenever you're not busy, then you're thinking about food. And then you're going to be like, wow, it's actually been a long time since I've eaten. I'm actually really, really hungry right now. But if you're busy with your work, busy with your business, doing something that you really love doing, something that you're passionate about, you're not even going to notice the fact that you're not eating, that you're going these long periods of time without consuming food. When you're really engrossed and immersed in your work, you won't even notice it. So a huge tip I can give you is just to stay busy. Stay busy doing something that you enjoy doing and the time will just fly by. And another big tip is just to stay hydrated. Drink a lot of water. Make sure you're keeping your body hydrated and again, if you find yourself very hungry, one tip I found to be helpful is to drink club soda, something that's sparkly without calories, no calories. And having that club soda, that, that fizziness in your stomach can actually help relieve any kind of hunger pangs that you might be having. And also from a scientific standpoint, fasting, true fasting, if you're really trying to promote the autophagy benefits, means that you're consuming nothing that your body has to metabolize. No food, nothing. But that being said, there are many, many people that do consume something very light in the morning during their quote-unquote fast. This can be in the form of coffee, tea, branch chains, green juices, etc. And they still consider themselves to be fasting during this time. And whether or not you agree with them, I mean, that's up to you. It really depends on how scientific you want to be about your fasting. For example, Terry Crews normally wakes up and has like coffee or tea and some branch chains. Jennifer Aniston talks about having like a green celery juice and a black coffee. Uh, Chris Pratt talks about having his black coffee with oat milk, unsweetened oat milk. Halle Berry normally has a mixture of MCT oils or coconut oil 
in her coffee, almost like a, a bulletproof type coffee, along with a green juice of some sort. So again, <laughs> these are just examples of celebrities that are doing intermittent fasting. But again, technically, when you're having these teas or coffees or branch chains or a celery juice or smoothie, you're not technically fasting anymore. Technically, you broke your fast. That being said, you can still get the benefits associated with fasting while consuming black coffee or tea as long as you keep your blood sugars very, very low. So make sure that you're avoiding, if you do decide to kind of do this way of fasting where you're having some tea, coffee, some very light you know, celery juice or something in the morning, just make sure to avoid sugar, avoid carbs, avoid starchy carbs especially, anything that's going to spike your blood sugar level. Because once you spike your blood sugar level, your insulin gets released, then you're really, really decreasing a lot of the benefit. You're really killing off, stopping autophagy from happening almost abruptly. You're going to instantly stop the amount of growth hormone that's being released. So if you do decide to do this way of fasting where you have some kind of drink in the morning, make sure that there's no sugar, no carbs in it, like a black coffee, a tea, or, you know, if you're doing juices, make sure there's no fruit in it. Make sure it's literally like cucumber, celery, something that's primarily just water and fiber. And if you do that, you should still get most of the benefits associated with fasting while feeling like you're having something in your stomach in the morning when you wake up that will kind of give you a source of energy, but again, without really breaking your fast too much. And one last thing to kind of keep in mind is They've shown huge benefits to doing intermittent fasting five days of the week and having two days of the week where you completely don't do the fasting at all. You just eat a very, very normal, typical schedule where you're eating throughout the day. So this is not an all or nothing thing. You don't have to do intermittent fasting forever just to get the benefits. It's not like if you mess one day up, you lose all your benefits for the entire week. It's not how it works. It's not black or white. So just know that know that you can do intermittent fasting five days of the week and still see huge benefits, even though, say, on the weekends, you're eating like a normal person. But during the weekdays, when you're going to work, when you're on a more structured schedule, perhaps, you can stick to a more intermittent fasting approach. And overall, five days on, two days off, still can give you huge, huge health benefits. So something to keep in mind, especially if you have concerns about doing the intermittent fasting on the weekends when you're going out with friends or being more social. All right, that's it for episode 19. Before I roll into Tomco Tips, I did get a question from a listener about sleep. I had a, a listener, Vanessa, who sent me a message on Instagram asking about hot showers and how those influence sleep. Uh, for those of you that are new to listening, I did two episodes on sleep, episode 15 and 14. We're both on the topic of optimizing your sleep and your sleep routine to optimize the amount of deep sleep and health sleep that you're getting throughout the night. I did mention how important it is to sleep in a cooler environment because that naturally cooler environment allows your body to get into that, that restful state that it needs for sleep. So she was asking, how do hot showers impact your ability to fall asleep? And hot showers are actually, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but by having a hot shower and increasing your body's core temperature, and then leaving that shower and going into your bedroom to try to fall asleep, as your body lowers its core temperature from a warmer, warmer than average temperature back down to normal, that cooling effect can actually be very calming and have a drowsy effect on your body, allowing it to fall asleep faster and enter your deep sleep even faster. So again, it is important to sleep in a cooler environment to optimize your sleep, 
But by having a hot shower, you're not going against that. It can actually help you fall asleep faster too as well. By again, increasing your body temperature and then allowing it to cool off from that higher temperature back down to normal can be very, very helpful for falling asleep faster and getting deeper sleep. So thank you for that question. If you have any other questions about the episodes that I'm putting out or the content, you can always send me a message at paul at paultomko.com or shoot me a message on Instagram. And I'm happy to address those questions on the next episode. For now, we're going to roll into Tomko tip number 19. We're going to be talking about time, the concept of time, and how sometimes it can be very, very beneficial to live your life with a slight sense of urgency. So let's get into that right now. Here we go. So on topical tip number 19, I want to talk about the concept of time and how sometimes living your life with a sense of urgency can be very, very beneficial to get the most out of life. You know, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we do not have forever to achieve whatever life that we're trying to achieve, whether it's our goals that we're working towards or even just our personal character that we're trying to build as we go through life. It's very easy to think that when you're young, you're always going to stay young. Or if you're walking around outside and you see an older person walking around, it's very easy to let your mind trick you into believing that that old person has always been old. But you have to remember, that old person that's pushing you know, a stroller or walking with a cane that's walking around, that person used to be a baby not too very long ago. Like life moves pretty quick and we are all aging every single day, every single year we get one year older. So it's very important to keep that in mind and not let yourself get too distracted by life and by entertainment to the point where where you can go months and years sometimes without really pushing forward in life. So how do you spend your time throughout your day? How do you spend your free time? There's so many sources of distractions in life, whether it's smartphones, it's like a constant source of entertainment with YouTube and there's so many streaming shows now that are always on. It's very, very easy to spend your free time your very, very precious free time in a way that is not very beneficial to your long-term goals of happiness that you're trying to achieve. One kind of visualization tool that I use sometimes is to think about my life, and even though I'm only in my early 30s right now, I sometimes ask myself, how would I spend my time right now, today, if I knew that I only had 10 more years of life ahead of me, or even five years of life ahead of me? But would I really spend my time binge watching another entire season, another entire show on Netflix? Or would I really get super involved in fantasy football again or March Madness? I mean, there's so many things that can be distracting sometimes that are very, very fun. And there's also big benefits to this, right? There can be social benefits where you're hanging out connecting with your friends, which can lead to long-term happiness. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. But if you do have a goal, if you do have a vision of something that you're trying to achieve in your life, a very ambitious goal especially, or if you're trying to constantly improve your character, and there's always the man or woman that we are today, and there's the man or woman that we can be in the future. And if you're really trying to work towards that goal, and you know that working towards that goal, not just achieving the end goal, but working towards that goal makes you happy, truly makes you happy, then it is so important to not waste too much time each day, each week, each month doing things that are fun and entertaining in the moment but they're not really leading you to long-term fulfillment and happiness in life so that's my message for you today time is moving very very quickly our lives are going by very quickly 
And it's very important for you to figure out what truly makes you happy. What makes you happy? And do more of that. If you just enjoy spending time with your friends every day and watching sports and connecting and socializing, then that's good. Do more of that as long as it's truly making you happy. But if deep down you want to travel more, travel the world, see things that you've never seen before, if you really want to build a business or create an amazing family, then you have to take the time to build towards that goal. Because if you're honest with yourself and you really know that's going to make you happy long term, then don't waste too much time doing things that, again, are very fun in the moment, but they're not helping you achieve those long-term goals that will lead to a more fulfilling and happy life long-term. So again, it's weird to think about life and the concept of life going by and time going by, and no one wants to die, right? And death is something that we as humans sometimes struggle with accepting, but the fact that there is an end to this life, at least as we know it in this form, in this body, yeah, it is uh, frightening, that unknown, not knowing what happens at the end of your life, but the point is, because there is an end, and that end is coming someday, it makes today so much more valuable, so much more valuable. So once you realize how valuable every day is, every year of your life is so valuable, every month, every week, every day is so, so valuable, then you will find yourself doing things that really mean something to you, that are really working towards something that means something long-term to your fulfillment and happiness. So that's my Tomco tip for you today. Find what really makes you happy and spend more time doing that. Don't allow yourself to get too distracted with things that pull you away and take you away from things that are truly going to make you happy and fulfilled long term. And that's it for now. If you guys are listening to this on Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy time with your friends and family. And until next time, thanks. Love you guys.